Hey guys, welcome to The Real Shit with Brit and Wit. This is Whitney. And this is Brittany. You guys, it's Mental Health Awareness Month, and we had a listener write in and ask us to speak about things that we struggle with um, and maybe some things that people typically struggle with with mental health. So we're going to kind of turn it over to Brittany uh, this episode to talk about some of the things that Brittany struggles with. Because I'm the lunatic. <laughs> no, you're not. We're all loony in our own way. No, the listener, it, she just resonated with me. And um, just the fact that someone even wrote in and asked, it kind of just opened my eyes to like, oh, we really actually need to talk about this. It's it's out there. So many people struggle with so many different things. And I think it's uh, it's a it's a shameful thing that people don't open up about. It's it's embarrassing to people. Well, I feel like as a society, we're finally starting to get to a point where people are recognizing mental health is a it's a big deal and it's not something to be ashamed about. You know, I think in the past it has been very shameful. People have kept those kind of things hidden and now people are starting to step out and say, Hey, I struggle with stuff. And I think that's very refreshing. And I think more people need to do that. I think we need to get rid of the stigma, the time, you know, behind mental health. No. Yeah. I mean, I, I liked, I would like to throw out there too. Like obviously Whit and I are not professionals and we don't know everything there is to know we about are not doctors, all the disorders. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, here's what I think for so many years, people, they they put like mental health, mental illness, whatever you want to call it, into the bigger categories, you know, like schizophrenia, the things that maybe people used to be like hospitalized for back in the day. Whereas nowadays, I think it's like, oh, my gosh, like who doesn't struggle with anxiety? Really? Right. Exactly. I mean, literally, like who well, doesn't? Well, once people have started opening up and talking about it, I think yeah. – more people have come out and say, I, I struggle with this as well. And I think we're just going to see more people kind of stepping up and saying, yeah, we, we struggle with this. Cause yeah. you're right. Like who doesn't struggle from time to time with certain things? Yeah. I think, I think the big, some of the bigger ones with like depression and anxiety just alone are, it, they can come from so many different areas. They can come from having the new baby. They can come from clinical depression, people that, you know, genetically struggle. Like it, it's just all over the place, circumstantial, yep. you know, depression and, and, and anxiety. I mean, it's just everywhere. And I think so many people, it, the big focus was always like physical health, physical health. And yeah, don't you feel like nowadays it's more like it is out there? It's yeah. like, no, t- we, we, we struggle with things mentally, just as much as we do physically. Exactly. Yeah. It's your mental health is just as, or even more important than your physical and spiritual well-being. You can't, you can't have one without the other or you're not healthy. So, uh, I kind of, we kind of looked up, um, a lot of the different types of mental illness. I don't even like to use that word really, but, um, you know, that's what it is. Even, you know, mental struggles, whatever you want to say. And some of the most common uh, are depression, anxiety, eating disorders, Mm -hmm. substance abuse. Um, This was interesting to me, actually, ADD and ADHD. Oh, I think you always think more of like, oh, kids have ADD, you know. So that was an interesting one for me that a lot of adults struggle with it as well. But yeah, when you say that it I automatically think about children. Yeah. And so that was interesting to me. Um, But some of the other ones we've kind of 
came across um, clinical depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder, body dysmorphic disorder. I actually am very intrigued with that one because literally my husband has said to me before, I think you have body dysmorphic disorder. Like you look in the mirror and you don't even see what like other people see. And so I don't know what the exact definition of body dysmorphic disorder is, but I think like literally I like think a, we all struggle with our self-image yeah for sure and we can look in the mirror and pick ourselves apart yeah big time no like I've had moments where I've even actually why he says this is I've looked in the mirror and been like my I have like facial features that are uneven and he's looking at me like you're like what <laughs> you're like loony and I'm like no really look you know and so that's why he says it to me it's like he he literally thinks I have like have you ever watched like the plastic surgery shows where the people show up and they've had like 30 plastic surgeries? Oh my gosh, no. It is crazy. That it they don't crazy. even know what they look like. Well, probably. yeah. And then they're just like, no, I need I need to have my nose redone. More. And this is like the fifth time their nose has been redone. And they're just constantly looking for... Their body will just never be perfect, which no one's body is ever going to be perfect. Yeah. But they're constantly... Like they, they can't see the... They're, they're already okay. They've already gone through tons of surgeries or whatever. They just can't see it. Yeah. So I just actually looked it up while we were saying that body dysmorphic disorder is an anxiety disorder related to body image. Um, you might be given this diagnosis if you experience obsessive worries about one or more perceived flaws in your physical appearance. Oh, well, sign me up. I do have that then. <laughs> I literally always thought like, Oh, he's joking around with me. No, I actually like that's a problem. Or if you develop compulsive behaviors and routines, such as excessive use of mirrors or picking your skin to deal with the worries you have about the way you look. Oh, shit. I just diagnosed myself right now. <laughs> you got to get off WebMD. <laughs> I got to get off WebMD. Now I've got all of this. No. Um, so there's that, uh, dementia. We talked about the ADHD in here, schizophrenia, OCDs, autism, PTSD. Um, there's honestly, the list goes on and on. I just wanted to kind of throw some out there. It talks about like, uh, panic attacks with anxiety, depression, um, you know, substance abuse, eating problems, hearing voices, hoarding, I'm, I'm very intrigued with hoarding. I love that show. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, yeah, loneliness, mental health. Uh, yeah, there's a, a OCD. What else? Paranoia. I mean, honestly, I'm just scrolling down as we're talking. Oh, personality disorders. My ex-husband always told me I had that. I'm so sure. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I have one personality when you're an asshole and then the other personality when you're not. That's a thing. Um, postnatal depression and, you know, perinatal Am I saying that right? Perinatal mental health. That's that's a huge one. Anyone out there that's had children, that's definitely. Yeah, knows. Yeah, um, PTSD. Anyway, so the, the list goes on and on. There's a lot. Whatever anybody is out there kind of dealing with, this episode we're bringing to you is not coming from a place, obviously, like I said before, where we know what, like logistics of every disorder out there. I just, right. no. I want to share my story with, all of you, which this does not come easy for me at all. Um, yeah, Britt's nervous about this one. Yeah. This it, is a struggle for her, but. You know, and it's honestly, our followers, like you show me so much love and you give us so much love. <laughs> I love you guys. And 
I think that's what gives me the strength to like come out and do this. Also, this is not a story that it's like I'm a victim in any way. I do. That's why it's difficult for me to share because I am not someone in my life that likes to be a victim. I also don't like, oh, woe is you stories. It's does that make sense? I just want to come off like, yeah, well, we can only speak to our experiences and what we've gone through in our life. Well, I think that's why it's makes me nervous is because so many people kind of, you get that bad rap. Like you tell your story and it's like everyone, you know, it's not, I'm I'm not trying to be a victim. Basically that's what I'm trying to throw out there. Uh, I, I just need to share some stuff I've been through so that you understand why I struggle with what I struggle with. My biggest things are definitely, I have PTSD for sure. I'm actually looking into right now, like getting actual help for it. Um, and I think people hear PTSD and what, what's the first thing you think of military military? Of course. Yeah. You think PT, which is, that's, that's huge. It's that's legit. It, that is. Absolutely. But it's not the only people that struggle or have PTSD. Yeah. Well, the more I looked into this too, there are different, there's so many different areas with it. Like mm-hmm. I realized I, well, I didn't just realize I knew this. I was in a bad, bad, bad car accident when I was 16. I had a boyfriend that was driving. We were coming home from a Halloween party late at night and, um, he fell asleep and I was already oh, asleep. Shit. So I, I was already asleep. He fell asleep. This was probably like three in the morning and he, um, rolled the Jeep we were in and we, it, it was, it was terrifying. Um, to this day at now almost 34, I can't fall asleep in a car, no matter who's driving, oh, no matter really? even for five minutes. So I realized like, Oh, like I've always known I have a little bit of that, triggering yeah we can be on a road trip we drive to california i mean what, what 13 hour drive from where we live and i can be so exhausted and will not fall asleep and my husband's like babe i'm not gonna fall asleep i'm good like you can take a nap and i'm like no i like i can't physically my body won't let me because it just goes to that place but anyway so that was interesting to me i thought there are p- little ptsds like that but mentally i I I definitely have PTSD from what I went through in some previous relationships. I um, also feel like I'm going to diagnose myself with generalized anxiety because I'm not somebody who's just like walking around anxious all day, every day. I'm not somebody who is depressed all the time. I don't struggle with clinical depression at all. Honestly, people that know me, what are your thoughts of Brittany? You're very upbeat, friendly, outgoing, life of the party. Yeah. And not like, yeah, but you know yeah, what I mean? That's like, totally obviously. Me. <laughs> no, but I think the reason I want to share my story so bad too is even on social media, people that see my personal page, even on our podcast page, it's all shits and giggles and everybody's funny and we're making people laugh. Life but, is always great. Right. Yeah. And so you, you do. I, the thing is I am that person. I am that upbeat, spunky, you are that fun person. person. But this is a side of me that people don't know. And I talk a little bit about it in way back, way back in history on episode six. Um, but that was more like with my comparison. This, I'm getting into some real shit here that is like ruining my life. <laughs> so give us some backstory. Okay, so backstory, I was in some relationships that had severe pornography addiction. Now, for those of you that live outside of Utah, 
you might laugh at that and think, doesn't everybody look at porn here and there? Okay. Um, and even I grew up that way. Like I didn't really understand it. Well, and I think that there's a difference. I think that there's, there are people who are having a true absolute addiction to porn. Yeah. I think there's some people that can look at it. No, but whatever, but there are people that are completely, truly addicted. Like a sexual addiction. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, that really is a thing. And until I moved here, I didn't know that. I think, um, not to generalize, but I think a lot more, uh, especially in the culture we live in, in Utah, a lot more people maybe struggle with these addictions because they are brought up in really strict homes where everything is super taboo and no, 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 no. And yeah, your sexuality is kind of repressed. Yeah. So. And you don't talk about it. And so a lot of these you know, boys when they're at 14, 12, whatever age they're at, kind of see You're something for normally them. like exploring your body. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're so, kind of shamed for it. Yeah. And so they kind of come across this and it's kind of like, oh man. And it just becomes a thing, you mm-hmm. know, where um it 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 just sticks with them and it and it unfortunately just becomes a full blown addiction. And I think what I want to put out there is uh, I'm not going to get specific here, but I'm just going to say some past relationships and relationships I you know, was in for quite a while and were very serious, um, severe addiction. And I didn't know coming into it. And so uh, after the first experience, it was very difficult for me to really trust. But, you know, coming into another relationship, I you know, was told that it was never an issue and this and that. And yeah, you, benefit of the doubt. You're moving yeah. forward, moving on. And so I believed and trusted with all my heart. And, um, you know, my world just kind of shattered down. Let, let's just put it that way. When you deal with this and any wives out there that know what I'm talking about, um, it's one of the most, and, and this is the part where I'm saying this isn't a victim story. It just is what it is. Uh, it's one of the most difficult addictions to watch your significant other go through um, on the wife. I, or the girlfriend or the woman, on the woman's side of it, right? Yeah, because there are a lot sure. of women that are have pornography addictions yeah, as well. Yeah, being the partner, having a partner addicted to In general, would be very difficult. Yes, I think where there's a bit of a difference, like I, I know I always used to say, like, I'd rather you know, I'd rather be with somebody that's like addicted to pain pills or alcohol versus this, because those I'm not looking at taking personal and comparing myself to a a beer bottle, like, (laughs) right. Like it comes with its own struggle. So I'm not downplaying that. I'm just saying when it is a sexual addiction or pornography to a woman, there is another physical body, woman, face, whatever that you are actually comparing yourself to. So anybody out there that understands this, you will 100% get where I'm coming from. Um, so a couple relationships, you know, with this addiction and it, it just continually beat me down with that comes a lot of lying. Yes. Um, a lot of, a lot of secret, secretive, secretive world for sure. Um, a lot of, wish-washy you're vulnerable and you want to trust and so you trust you know it won't happen again and it's not something there and I didn't do that no I didn't you're crazy you know that's something I was always told I was crazy um but then you look at the history 
and you look at the web, you know, the web history and you see all the things and you realize that it's just a big fabricated load of bullshit being told to you. Um, That happening time and time and time and time again, it will fuck with you. (laughs) Uh, I would find things and what I would do, and you don't realize it at the time is, you know, because everybody around you says what? It's not about you. I've yeah, had, it's not about you. Their addiction is about them. Yeah, it's not it about It doesn't matter. You could be a Victoria's Secret model. It, it's not about you, but that doesn't mean that you're not going to internalize some of the things. Oh, yeah. Like you could be a Victoria's Secret model, they say, and it would still be happening. And I know all that's true, but when you time and time and time and time and time again find these things and you're now to a point, like I was to a point where it's like I couldn't even watch um, movies. You know, if somebody had cleavage or was sexy or there was even remotely a sex scene or anything, this individual in the movie would be looked up, you know, within the next day or so. And um, that's what I'm saying, like, we don't bust out the F-bomb too much here, folks, but I don't have another word. Like, that. that'll fuck you up bad. Yeah, and for sure. it did for me. And what I found myself doing is I, every time I would find an image or a person or a porn star or whatever it was, I would obsess over what this person looked like. You guys, this is really a difficult topic. Oh, God. There's, a, okay, there's just no way to get through it without. And that's what I hate. Like it just, for some reason, like tears, it makes me feel like I'm, you know, just like trying to um, <laughs> be some victim or something. Like I know I'm stronger than this you know, shit. It's just hard. Not a victim, but you still but like, have feelings. You know, I would just sit and compare myself to these people and the sickest part about it is like I was literally looking at a porn star. I was looking at this, but not in a sexual way, in a way of just like, well, shit, I can't compare to that. Well, who can? I can't look like that. You know, I can't be that. I, and, well, and, you can't because it's all fantasy. It's all made up. It's not, yeah. it's not real. I mean, that person is real, but that, what they're seeing is not real. But like it, it just over time, you don't understand, like this is a span of years Um, together, you know, between both relationships, like years Um, that I did this and I just told myself, you'll never look like that. You'll never be that. And... Oh God, no matter who on the outside was always just like, what are you talking about? You're beautiful, Brittany. Like, look in the mirror. You're gorgeous. Like, it never mattered. Like, I didn't know that anymore. Which Any- you are. You're, <laughs> for anyone that's ever seen Brittany or knows her, she's absolutely gorgeous. Well, thank you. Um, I think that's just the sick part about this mental struggle 
is you completely lose yourself in this world that is unrealistic. But to you, it's, it is so real. It's so painful that what happened to me was, I feel like I, we need like elevator music while I pull my <laughs> shit together. <laughs> well, it becomes all consuming. <sighs> that becomes, well, and can I ask you a question? Is it, is it mostly about the connection? Is it that um, these partners would have rather turned to these than they yeah. come to you? Yeah, it's over enough time. It bec- I didn't know how to separate myself at all and just say, this isn't about me. This is their problem. It always, to me, felt like it was about me. And I don't know if it stems from like... Um, you know, back in episode six, how I talked about, like, I never grew up with a dad. I never really had like that strong male role model ever telling me like I was worth something. And so I wonder, like I put so much into relationships that I mean, I put, how do I say that? I put so much like worth, worth like, into I, it, like, like I put so much how how do I articulate this correctly? Like they, um, their opinion mattered. Yeah. Like how am I, what am I trying to say? Like my worth was like, wrapped up in what they thought. Yes. Like okay. I didn't have that. <laughs> Sorry. I'm all, no, 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 no. I get it. I didn't have that like confidence in myself so that anybody I was ever with, it was like, I, it was like, do you think if they think I'm pretty, if they think I'm smart, if they think I like, I never came into relationships really knowing that already and being like, Oh, F off. Already having that confidence in who you are. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think now I just sound like a nasally idiot. (laughs) No, you don't. I, I think for a lot of people, that's a learned thing. I think there are people that are naturally confident and they just know like, this is who I am. You can take it or leave it. But I think for most of us, it's a learned life kind of has to beat you down before you kind of can understand where your, where your worth really is at and, and who you are and what, you know, what you're willing to have in your life. Well, I, the thing that's crazy, right. Is, is this was so many years, like a a span of so many years between a, a couple different people. And uh, so I did this pattern. It became a, it became a pattern where instead of just like getting that strength and learning how to like separate myself from their problems, I always internalized it. And I always just compared myself to everybody. And what would happen is I would compare myself to now real girls and listen, sure. like, we live in Utah. Like it's a lot like California. Plastic like surgery girls are, <laughs> yeah. Everybody well, I think of the U.S. at least. Like everybody has perfect everything here in Utah. It's like just the eyebrow capital, boobs. Like it is. You know, it really is. It, re- it is the plastic surgery capital. I think of the U.S. It's huge. Yeah, and so. I, I just, I turned to everybody. Now here's the difference. Like I wasn't the girl who was like just jealous of everybody. Like I wasn't the girl who's sitting in restaurants and I'm like, are you looking at her? Did you look at her? Are you looking at her? Like, look at that girl. 
Yeah. Or, yeah. or I'm not the girl that's like putting everybody down. Sure. Like I'm more the girl that silently and internally is dying inside and nobody knows it. Like on the outside, it's like, Brittany's so fun. She's a life of the party. We love when Brittany's at our parties and Brittany's can talk to anybody. And like, that is me, but nobody could see me dying inside. And every time I see a beautiful girl, I was picking myself apart. Um, I became this person who could not see and I'm very blinded by it. A lot of the times, even now, my husband will be like, babe, you have nothing to worry about. Like, why are you worried about that? Like, that chick has way too much makeup on or whatever it is. Sure. But in my world, it's like things are so skewed to levels that like, I don't even know what shit is real and not. Like, you know, like I've become so messed up. Well, you're so used to internalizing stuff as well. You're so used to that pattern of of seeing someone and internalizing that and kind of beating yourself up. Like that's a hard pattern to step out of. Yeah, and this is this is what's scary. Like, um, here's when I look up PTSD. It says a disorder in which a person has difficulty recovering after experiencing a terrifying event. Um, it can last years and has triggers that can bring back memories of the trauma by intense physical or emotional reactions. And that's why I'm saying like, I think for the first time in my life, I'm kind of realizing like, okay, something's really wrong with me. And I think I need like help with this because I've been through these relationships. I feel like I'm all over the place. So I've been through these relationships, a lot of addiction, a lot of lies, a lot of secrets, a lot of years of me just honestly picking myself apart with everybody. I was to a point where like, if we, like I said, if we even watched a show, I couldn't even watch a show anymore. If there was like uh, the hot chick in the funny movie, right? There's always a hot chick. There's always the hot There is. Yeah, of course. It's like I would self-destruct inside and I would start to feel depression and I would start to not be able to function because of a girl in a movie. Like to people who- some fake circumstance. To people who don't understand this, you really probably look at me like that's insane. And that's why it's embarrassing. Don't be embarrassed. It's not, it's not embarrassing. But it's embarrassing to me. We all struggle with our own. You shouldn't be embarrassed. We all struggle with stuff. Everyone. And I think everyone struggles with comparison. I from think time I feel embarrassed though because it's like I have so many friends that. I mean, even you, it like we've talked about before where you're like, oh yeah, Brad could go to the strip club and I'd be like, totally fine. I trust him. Yeah, but I haven't been through what you've been through. And I mean, that's, that's the difference though. You're you're right. I don't have, I don't have that. He could go to the strip club and I completely trust him and know that, that it would be fine, but I haven't been through what you've been through. Because if I had, I probably wouldn't be okay with it. But I think that's why it's like, it feels embarrassing to me because sometimes I look at other people out there and I'm like, why can't I just be normal? You are normal. It's <laughs> you situational. You've been through a lot of shit. You've been through situations that have really beat you down and they've really changed your mindset. And that's that's a hard thing to try to change. So, Well, I think like it's also hard because something that I 
have been told through all the years of this is like that I'm crazy. You're crazy. You're crazy. You're crazy. But it's like, I know, like I see this happening in front of me. I'm not crazy. Um, and then I've also been told, you know, certain things here and there of like, well, who wouldn't look at this if they were married to you? And so when you're told some really fucked up stuff, like even though deep, deep, deep down inside, I knew like this wasn't true. Like when you hear it time and time again, like I know what kind of person I am. And so I know I'm, I can't make somebody just go, but when you're told these things and you live this for so long, like you actually believe that. And so what's happening to me now and why I'm realizing like I have this wrong with me is because in my marriage present time, I have like literally one of the best husbands and he's so patient and he's so kind and he has sat with me so many times and has said like, you're my person, you know, like you're it. If it's not you, it's nobody. Like I, he, he's always just trying to say like, I, I, I wish you understood that. I wish you really understood you have that factor for me of like everything because I'm always comparing myself. Right. Um, and he's so patient. He's so loving. And, and I know he is trustworthy. I know my husband isn't out there looking at porn. I know he's not ever going to cheat on me. I, I know that. But like, I'm having some problems where it's like, I've compare, I compare myself to everything and I worry, I worry that like, he's going to leave me because I'm not good enough. And so everything in my life is just like, I'm not good enough. So I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting to be hurt all the time. I'm just always waiting to be hurt. And it's so frustrating like to know this is where I I feel like I, I need some help with this because I'm aware of what I'm doing. I'm aware that what I'm thinking is not healthy one and not fair to my husband. I I'm just, it's like, I live in a world where I'm just always waiting to be hurt. And so on the outside, it's like, I'm being little Susie homemaker and cooking dinner and taking care of the kids. And like, I know I'm a good wife. I treat Mark really well. Yeah, you do. But here's where it gets sick is on the inside. Um, recently my husband just started a new job and he's at a place now where there's, you know, more female coworkers. Mm-hmm. And I, in, I just instantly internally like self-destructed where that's where I realized like something's wrong with me because I find myself all day going through the motions. I'm still doing everything on the outside. I'm not laying in my bed, like not being able to function, right. but all my thoughts are consumed with is, did he meet someone attractive today? What do the girls at work look like? What do the people look like he's with that I don't know? And and I obsess over it. That is so humiliating for me to admit. But if I'm helping even two women out there that understand this, I have to throw it out there. Um, it You feel such a sense of like shame because I know... I'm doing my husband such a disservice because 
he, and it's not like I'm constantly bombarding him with questioning or anything like that, but he, he knows that this is going on with me. And, and sometimes I'm really honest and I'll say to him, Hey, like I'm struggling really bad and I'm, I'm finding myself like super worried about what people you work with are looking like. And he'll be like, well, why are you worried about that? Like nobody can compare to you in my world. And I'm like, no, but it stems to those places of like, I'm not good enough. Right. So I'm trying to say to him like, no, but we've been through so much in our marriage and like, I've struggled so much with insecurities. Like, what if you meet this beautiful girl and she's cool and she's confident? Like that person could just take you Everyone comes with baggage. Everyone. No matter how gorgeous, everyone comes with issues. Everyone comes with problems. But is it, so is is it new situations that maybe are triggering for you? Yeah. So that's where I'm realizing like something's wrong with me a little bit and where I kind of put PTSD into it because it'll, it'll be things like this. Like when my husband goes on a business trip, I tend to like internally go into a freak out because to me, I associate business trips. You're alone. You have technology. You look at porn. Okay. Okay. I can see where you're going. But I know my husband is loyal. And so it's like this battle that feels like sick to me because I don't want to put that on him. Yeah. Because what did did you tell us in the last episode that he was in the hotel room by himself (laughs) and you came in and he was watching what was he watching? Lion (laughs) King. Like when we were on vacation. Poor wit. She's so sick. I'm sorry. I have such a bad cold right now. Um, Stupid Utah weather. No, it's, it's things like that where it's like, I realize like I have problems because as funny as we can like laugh at it, where it's like, oh, I do a quick key, key card swipe. I'm gonna <laughs> How catch, quick can I get into the room? I'm going to catch that sucker. It, it's like, then you go in and he's watching a car, literally a cartoon eating like a plate of chips and as happy as can be. And I'm like, God, you fucking idiot. Like your husband is isn't a cheating porn addict. Like, why do you think this way? Okay, but I think for one, it's it's natural and normal because I trust Brad completely. But of course, those thoughts go through my mind as well. Do they? Yeah, depending on the situation. And sometimes it's just random. Sometimes it's like he's literally done nothing. Nothing has happened. And it's just like, I wonder if like someone's sent him a Facebook like this weird shit that like okay. yes I think that's normal I think it's normal to be like is something going on even out of the blue where there's nothing okay well that's so okay that, I think that that's a I mean, normal thing so well, don't beat yourself me- <laughs> up over trying to get the key card into the room really no, quick and the thing is like I don't even bust in there and be like Oh, I thought I'd catch it. Like hands up out of the pants. He has no idea <laughs> these like psychotic thoughts are even roaming through my freaking head. But I think like I just feel ashamed inside because it's like how many times can I be proven that my husband is a loyal man and loves me like so unconditionally. Like the fact that he's even still here sometimes I'm like and ha- you know because I've struggled with insecurity so bad, but I'm also a really good wife to him. You are. Every time I'm over there, Brittany's like, can I make you a snack? Can I get you? No, but like I can own that. Like I'm a badass wife. And so here's the thing I think people, I want people to understand about me too, 
is I'm not like this person that's walking around like super depressed and like, you know, just hating myself all the time. Like I work out and I feel great. That's why I work out. That's like my medicine. So I feel like there's probably women out there that look at my social media or look at me and are like, you skinny bitch. Like, what do you even know? What do you even know about struggles? But it's like the reason I work out is I always say I'm mentally obese. I do. I'm mentally obese because physically I I know like I don't need to lose all this weight. But if I don't work out like mentally, I'm a hot disaster. So I work out and it helps me and I feel good. Is it due to like the endorphins or are you afraid of like losing your figure or no it's the endorphins it it actually is like making me feel good good yeah um and that's why I work out so much Mm -hmm. like okay also I have days where I get ready and I'm like okay girl like I feel cute so I mean my point is I'm not always walking around like this insecure mess of emotions like I actually have days where I'm like confident and I have days where I'm even like Oh yeah, Mark, you want to leave me? Like, go for it. Like, you're never gonna get this. You're never gonna get like <laughs> nothing. This good's coming. Yeah, that's why I feel crazy sometimes because I say to my husband all the time, "Why can't I always just be like this? Why do these weird triggers come out of nowhere? Kick my ass, shoot me in the face, and it's like before I know it, I'm in some spiral of like." I'm not good enough. Like you're going to leave me for someone new at work. Or what if, you know, you go look at something because it tempts you. And I'm just this like old, boring wife at home. Like I know a lot of women probably have those feelings sometimes of getting old or not being new and exciting anymore. But like my struggle is that I, 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 want to just always be that confident girl. And the reason I feel like I have PTSD is this shit comes out of nowhere. It comes out, it literally is like someone shot me through my window and I'll be like, I'll have a day where it's like, I work out, I shower, I get ready. I feel cute. I'm on it. Like, you know, I've got my dinner all planned out. My kids are all like taken care of, like shit's getting done. Right. So in my little world, like everything's just fine. Yeah. But I'll have this one thought that'll creep in and it's like a bomb goes off. And then all of a sudden I'm like on social media trying to find out who the chicks are that might be at work. Like it's the weirdest shit. It's like, what? And then by the time my husband gets home, I'm in this weird spiral of just like, I feel like this addict almost because a lot of the times he doesn't even know this is happening. Right. That's why I feel sick. Internally, I feel like an addict who's looking at the pill or who's looking at the bottle being like, don't you dare take a fucking drink. Don't do it. But instead, what I'm doing is I'm like, don't you dare ask him. Don't you dare ask him the question. But the question is eating me alive. What question? The stupid question of, oh, did you meet anyone cute today at your new job? Like, what? I sound crazy. And so it's like I'm inside hanging on for dear life. Just like, don't you ask him. Don't be that fucking idiot. Like, don't be that hot mess wife. But it's like the addict who takes the drink because they're an addict. 
I end up being like, you know, because he knows me. He's like, are you okay? What's wrong? Right. Of course. And, you know, and, and I'll be like, I don't know. I'm just like struggling. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I just, I just feel like these feelings are creeping in. And here's my awesome husband just always being there. Like, babe, there's nothing to worry about. Like, even if I worked with somebody cute, like literally no one takes the cake. Like you are it. But right, I don't ever you're the total package for him. But that still isn't going to always put your mind at ease. Yeah. Like I that's why I'm at a point where it's like I feel like I need some serious help and the anxiety of it is crippling. Right? So there are days where the anxiety of me not being enough physically uh it eats me alive. And I have days where I really will fall into bed and into a depression and not want to get out. And I will scroll social media and I'll just beat the shit out of myself mentally. And then it gets to be about 5 p.m. And it's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Like, get what am I doing? Like, I have children that need taking care of. Get your ass out of bed. Like, pull your shit together. Usually what I'll do is I'll start off by cleaning because mom's just neglected everybody for half the day and the house is to shit. And here's the thing, like my kids, I'm super open with my girls. Like they don't know exactly why I'm struggling. It's, they don't need to know that, but they understand like, Hey, mom's just having a hard day. Like I just can't do it today. And this is a day where like mom just is tired and I'm sorry. Like you guys can pour a bowl of cereal. You know how to make a sandwich. I'm still here. I'm not checked out. I'm not fuzzed out on anything. I'm not. Right. Exactly. I'm not not coherent. Like I'm still here. I think that's okay. I think it's okay to take some time away for yourself and be away and let the kids, your, your kids are old enough. I mean, most of them to help out and take care of themselves and pour a bowl of cereal and it's okay to have that I think what happens to me though is like I actually get sick of myself like to where I'll just be like get the hell up and like handle your shit and then I'll do it but I think my struggle is it's like my reactions like the the reason I feel like I'm not mentally healthy is because Mark he'll always say to me like babe listen the the thing that you struggle with is real it's the reaction that is not okay. He goes, we can have a disagreement, right? Or have a misunderstanding. Most people do. Everybody does in a marriage. But where I take it because of some of the PTSD triggers that come in are like, we have an argument or a disagreement and I completely self-destruct. Like, I don't know how to step away from that and just go, oh, this was frustrating, but like, he loves me and we're fine. And we just need some space. Like, I don't know how to do that. I go into these like modes of just like, you're, you might as well just leave me. Like, why are you even here? Like, I'm not good enough. Like I, somebody else is going to be better than me in my head wit. It's like somebody else is always going to win. And that somebody else is make believe there's, there's yeah, no it's a hard battle because you can't win against someone who doesn't exist. And you know what he says to me? He goes, babe. You are your only threat. You are because he's like, you're, it's like a cycle. He's like, you don't want to be this person that struggles with this stuff, 
but then you struggle with it, but then you beat yourself up for struggling with it for so long that you can't, but then the cycle rolls around to where it's like, you don't feel like you deserve me. Like, I don't feel like I deserve him sometimes because I'm just like, God, you're so on it all the time. He's so logical. He's so put together. He's so loyal. He's so just everything. And I do, I beat myself up over that. And so then I go, oh, well, crap, like you've seen the ugliest sides of me and the worst of me. How could you still want to be here? Because in my alternate reality of mental illness, it's like nobody, like, you know what I mean? Somebody else is going to be better than me. Even though, like, even though, like you say, everybody struggles. They do. I, I, I do think everyone struggles with comparison and there's worries that, you know, everyone has. Let me ask you this. So when you do like Mark's new job, it, would it help if I'm just trying to think through this. So would it help if, if you went to work to visit and like see the people he works with? Or is that like, does that calm you sometimes or is it not? Yeah, but here's the sick part about that because I'm also not the girl who's going to just like go to his work. Like, you know, I'm like, like, Hey, no, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm not going to be that creeper. Like, oh, I'm just in the market for a new car and I drive like a badass new car already. Like, I, I don't, it's like, those aren't my thoughts. It's more um, like when I'm comfortable, like he worked in the same place for like 12 years. And yeah. So to me, it was like, I'm comfortable. I know this, like the whole four years we've been married so far. I know everybody, you're the same place forever. Yeah. I know all the people you work with. I'm comfortable. There's like nothing that's like making me feel threatened. Um, but this is, this is where I feel like I'm, I have, I have, it's a sickness a little bit because in the real world, my husband should be able to work with attractive people and I should be okay. And I should be secure and I should trust that's the reality. And so that's how I know, like, I need some help with this because it's not like Mark's coming home every day and I'm just like, you know, I know you're cheating on me. Like I actually tell him, like, I know you would never cheat ever. I actually know that a hundred percent. I don't fear that he would cheat on me. I fear that someone looks better than me physically and that my husband will be attracted to somebody that looks better than me because of everything I've been through, because for so many years in my life, those bitches won. They they were what my, you know, some of my exes would rather look at. They were the ones that got their attention every time something was on. They were the ones that, you know. Right, made, they were seeking out. Yeah, made me the person that was just kind of like mediocre in bed. I struggle with sexual insecurities that are like, you don't even understand. And it's not even something that my husband, I don't put it out there for him. Like we have a great sex life is the thing. Mm -hmm. I just feel like I'm kind of the girl that like in it, like I own it. We have a great sex life. Sorry, mother-in-law, if you're listening (laughs) to this. Um, that's a right. good thing. <laughs> well, we have a really great sex life. We have a very active, like it's, we, there's no complaints there, but like, I'm kind of the girl that honestly, that's why when I read this body dysmorphic disorder, I kind of go, Oh shit. What? Like I'm literally the girl in the bathroom afterwards. Like when the door's shut, like picking myself apart or like, 
You know what I mean? Like, it's so weird because people on the outside look at me like, oh, what are you? A hundred pounds soaking wet? Like you're an idiot. And I'm aware that I probably look really stupid to some people for whining about this type of stuff. But that's where it's like an actual sickness in my head. Like I've trained my brain looking at so many and comparing so many like perfected images that I've come across that people yeah, have looked so they're at. Not, they're all Photoshop. Yeah, that I've trained myself to to think like if my boobs don't look like this, I'm not attractive. If I don't look like this, I'm not attractive. If I don't if I'm not in a sexual position where my mom belly is kind of flubby a little bit, like how could you ever want me? <laughs> yeah, no, I I get that one. I I hear you on that. But that that's a hard thing because I think I, like you said earlier, you could be a Victoria's Secret model. And I, I mean, I hope to God that they know how attractive they are, you know, and that they don't <laughs> struggle with it, but I'm sure they do. The weird thing is, is they're probably some of the most insecure. Yeah. Girls. I've actually heard like models can be some of the most insecure. Of course. Um, well, of course. I mean, their body is on display constantly for everyone. So yeah, I mean, that absolutely makes sense. But I feel like it's a very common for all women and I'm I even men like there's just so much comparison and so much that we put on ourselves physically that we have to look a certain way for other people to like us and want to be around us or you know yeah to want to be with us at all to stay with us which is really sad that's really as a society we're really messed up that way I know I it, it and it's a thing that's where like I say the anxiety too is there are some days where it's so crippling and it's like all I think about that at the end of the day I'm actually really ashamed with myself when I look around at my beautiful babies in my family and think are you serious like you just spent a whole day worrying about what you look like and like my kids don't know this is happening. I'm not sure. the mom that's like picking myself apart in front of my daughters. If anything, I'm almost the opposite. But m- this is what I'm saying. Like on our Instagram post, that's why I said it's the silent struggle that nobody sees. Um, and kids aren't stupid. Like I said, like they know if They're mommy's not. having They're a hard right. yeah. day. But like I'm also very open with my girls where I'll say like, hey, you know, sometimes like even at their young age, we've talked about this, like they already feel certain ways or look at other girls at school or whatever. And that's where I'm open. And I use it as a learning opportunity where I'm like, Hey, listen, mommy gets this. Like some days mom doesn't feel super awesome about myself. And then other days I do, but it's important to know that like you're beautiful and we're worth it. And we have all these things going for us. And like, you have talents and you know, but then I walk away from those conversations and I'm like, I feel like a fraud because why am I not looking in the mirror telling myself that? Well, you I know? mean, advice sometimes is easier to give than to take, right? Yeah, you know, I just true. made uh, my oldest watch the $20 bill thing, you know, where twenty oh. a $20 bill always has value. So it doesn't matter if you crumple it up, it's still worth $20. It doesn't matter if it gets spit on, stepped on, it's oh, wow. dirty, whatever. It it all it holds its value, you know, and that's the thing. You're you're a person. You're always going to have value, no matter what you go through, no matter how many times you're thrown down in the mud, no matter what life hands you. You always have the same value, you know. And so, like, I want my girl, you know, I want my girls to understand that. I, like I want that. them to have 
I worry about them growing up in this kind of a world, you know, where I just want them to be confident in themselves. And I think that's a very hard thing nowadays. Yeah. No, and I, I admire you for that because, like, I have the same goals for my own girls. It's just, like, I feel like sometimes I I know I'm a good mom. You are a good mom. And, I, mom. and I know I give them a lot. I just think it's some days this stuff consumes me so much that I feel like I'm just ripping everybody else off around me. It's like, why am I worrying about all this petty bullshit? But that's why I think it's like an actual PTSD, like something so embedded in my brain that even though I don't want to be this person and I don't want to act or feel or think these ways, it's like I almost don't have a lot of control over it. Right. And that scares the shit out of me. Uh, it, it really does. I, I feel like lately too, I've been so overwhelmed with, I don't know if it's the stage I'm in. Like I have, you know, a 20 month old and they're very busy. The hardest, the hardest age, I swear. The toddler years are so difficult. And so I've got that and a, and a very difficult five-year-old who is a handful. And then I've got my preteens that I'm trying to make sure I've got my shit together and on top of what they're going through. And um, so I've got all these different areas that I'm trying to just like stretch my self. And I feel like we've talked about you can feel depleted, mm -hmm. but I think it's like my fuse feels so short. Like I can only handle so much of a baby crying up my leg and a five-year-old just being very disobedient to me sometimes and until I just snap and then I find myself like being this person I don't want to be you know just yeah. yelling at my kid or just kind of like literally having a freak out where like Mark will come home and I just I just freak out where I'm just like I gotta get the fuck out of here like I yeah. literally just like We'll go sit in the car, go lock myself in a bathroom. And it, and then what, what do you think happens? Right? Like I have my mommy freak out, which I don't care who you are. <laughs> don't you dare judge me for that. <laughs> don't don't you, you think that you're not going to have a mommy freak out? Because it's going to happen. Don't you dare mom shame me on that. But my point is like where my issues come in that are so painful to me is I don't know how to just go have my mommy freak out. And then come back in the house and look at my husband and say, oh, shit, sorry about that psychotic moment, honey. Like, let's do the dinner thing and just move on. I don't know how to I do that. I don't know that anyone can do that. What I do is I will go sit in that bathroom and then I will say to myself, your husband just came home and saw you be the ugliest version of yourself. He's probably looking at... Susie at work. No one is <laughs> no one is named Susie. Come on, Susie. You know what I'm saying? He's probably looking at that normal sane chick like thinking, "Why did I marry this loony tune?" No, I think he knows we're all loony. No, but you know what I mean? Like it it, it it's like the those are the places my mind is going and I just I want to get out of it. I, I'm tired of living this way. I've punished myself for so many years. And here's the thing, I've come a long way. The girl I was years ago, holy shit, I had nothing going for myself. At least where I'm at now, like, A, I can own it. I own it. I can sit here and say today, like, I need a little bit of help, I think. 
I might need to go look up like a PTSD specialist or somebody that can kind of get a little bit deeper. Uh, I, I'm not someone that wants to get on a medication. There's nothing wrong with that at all. No, absolutely. There's nothing wrong with that at all. I think heaven's for medication, honestly. Yeah. I have a lot of friends that take antidepressants or things like that, anti-anxieties. I am just somebody who I, I kind of go like the CBD route. Um, I chew a lot of gummies during the day to keep that <laughs> shit under control. Um, so that's just more my route. I'm kind of more like the, you know, CBD, like edible route. Versus, yeah, just a little more homeopathic. Um, but I'm tired with, I'm tired. I'm tired of being so unfair to my husband. He doesn't deserve for me to mistrust like I do. And like I said, I I, I think I, I get nervous. I don't want anyone listening to this to think I'm some wife that's just drilling Mark to the ground, especially if you know us personally. Like we have a really good marriage. We do. It's I think everyone who knows you guys can see that. Yeah. And, and so I think like, I don't know, but you know, you get those little insecurities of, of just like, I'm opening up about some really difficult shit. And, and it's like, you know, when you open up about your the affair, affair yeah. It's like those thoughts are there. Like, who's going to judge me? Who's going to think? And that's kind of what I'm struggling with opening up on this episode is that I want people to know out there, like, I really am not that wife that's drilling my husband. Like, I treat that guy good. He's spoiled. Drilling him in a different way. Okay. (laughs) Maybe in the bedroom. (laughs) No, but like, uh, it's not that. It's, It's an internal. It's personal. It's personal. It's an internal battle. But I also open up to my husband about it to points where he does feel mistrusted. Why wouldn't he? Like he knows he's not going on business trips looking at something. He knows he's not at work looking at other girls and going, oh, that girl's pretty. I'm going to leave my wife. But he's also got to know to some degree that this all stems from past struggles. That it's that you're not even that you don't really believe the things that you're even saying to him, like, does he get that? Yeah. I mean, I, I, that's got to be difficult for him. I get, I get that, but I mean, it it makes him frustrated because he's just always like, I don't want to have to pay for your past people's mistakes because no, here's the deal. I mean, that's part of life. I mean, that's. I mean, yes, I get where he's coming from, but that's also like loving someone through. I mean, our past just make, makes us who we are. He definitely loves me through this. Oh, I know. But I've had so many times where I'm just like, no, I'm going to, okay, like no more. I'm not going to have these thoughts. I'm just going to trust. I'm going to whatever. And literally like four days later, I'm like afraid he's, you know, sure. going to find somebody else or I'm beating myself up or whatever it is. It's it's the repetition. It's the routine. It's the patterns that I'm realizing at this point in my life uh, there's something going on here that, yeah. that's almost out of my control. Exactly. Um, because I, but I'm also aware that I don't want to be it. So that's where Mark is very supportive is he's like, babe, this is one thing he always says to me. He says, I'm not in a hole. I'm on a mountain. And what he means by that is he's like, if I was in a hole and I was miserable with you and our relationship was just some pile of shit and I was unhappy here and whatever, I might be that guy that could 
be swayed over to some chick giving me attention. Sure. But he's like, I'm not in the hole. I'm on the mountain climbing up with you. I've got you. Like, I'm here. Like, you're my person. That's so cute. It is. And like, who's the jackass sitting across from this person listening and then four days later having anxieties about pretty people out there? It, it, it's like, I feel ashamed of it. And I feel like I... You know, it, it, a shame is just the only word. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. Am I even no, making no, no, no. sense? It, it absolutely does. The one thing that comes to my mind, though, is um, just a lot of more. <coughs> excuse me, sorry. Um, self love. I think we could all just use a little bit more self love and forgiveness because I think, yeah. I think it's true for a lot of people that it's an easy trap to fall into of thinking that something's going on or comparing ourselves to other people. And the thing is, is that the grass isn't greener on the other side. I mean, I don't want to be other people because you never know what other people are struggling with. Everyone is struggling with someone, you know, and it's kind of that like old saying of don't wish to be someone because you don't know their issues. Do you know what I mean? Like everyone has issues. So I think we just need to be a little bit more forgiving on the things that we do are, ourselves, you know, the things that drive us nuts, the things that, you know, we're beating ourselves up over, you know, it, you know, forgive yourself, move on. I, and I commend you though, for seeking some help and realizing that you're over feeling like this. I think that's amazing. That's a hard, that's a hard thing. That's a hard place to get to. I am. And the thing is like, I also have come a long way, like personally to where, I recognize, like I shared one time, like I do, I have a vision board. I have things I understand mm-hmm. like books, meditation, whatever. But some days I feel like I'm trying to balance so much shit in my own life too, that it feels impossible. Like yeah. some days it feels impossible to pick up this book and read and do something for myself. And other days I'll fill up a bathtub and be like, go play kids. Yeah. Like go play. You're going to survive. Mommy, mommy needs to sit in a bath and read my book to like get mentally on track. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's very up and down with me, but I think like, I just want more help. Here's the deal. Like I've sat through counseling multiple times mm-hmm. and I feel like everybody wants to talk about my past and you know, my upbringing and things I've been through, which is all great that, sure. that the past is what stems, but I haven't ever went to see a legit PTSD specialist. And I think I just, the, the little, you know, family therapist just isn't cutting it for me because it's like, I leave there and I'm like, yeah, like we've talked about this before. Like I get it. I haven't had a dad. Like I get it. I've had exes who have done some shitty things. Like how do I I, I move forward? Why does this shit keep creeping in? And so I think that's what I'm saying is it's just more time where it's time for me to maybe step into find a different, you know, route of somebody that uh, what's it, what's it called? Uh, I'm going to say this wrong. Uh, EM, uh, D oh my gosh, what's it called? Look it up. EMRT, DMRT. What's it called? Um, it's for people yeah. that have PTSD. I'm like trying to talk and look it up at the same time. Oh my gosh. I probably sound like an idiot to people that know what I'm talking about. Uh, it's a type of therapy that people with PTSD do. And so that's what I'm talking about. Um, I'm trying to find it in case. Honestly, and if any of you listeners out there, oh, EMDR therapy. 
Okay. EMDR. I knew I had some letters there. <laughs> Whatever. EMDR. And it's, uh, I actually had a friend kind of tell me that she's been doing it and it's been really helping her. It's expensive, but I'm just at a point where I'm like, I got to get someone in there to break down the, the shit yeah. on the inside. Well, and honestly, you know? like the money, like it, it's worth any amount for mental soundness, mental health, yeah. right? Like you get right there. It, it's going to be worth it. I also, I have this book out there. Listen, I like, I don't even know if I've been making sense in this episode at all. I feel like I've just rambled for an hour. <laughs> like, I don't, am I even making any sense? Like, yeah. hopefully. Yeah, you're definitely. I just feel frustrated. Sense. It's no. like, this is more just my story. And here it is. Like, you're not alone if you're someone out there that struggles with comparisons or insecurities or self-worth. Like, it's here. But I've got this book. Um... I'm actually really frustrated. I meant to bring it to wits and read a part out of it. And I left it on my desk at home. So it's called, yeah. So it's called untethered soul. And, uh, I'm just getting like diving in. Um, but it talks about your inner voice and it kind of tells you how to basically like shut that inner voice down when things are imploding and just going nuts and it almost has you, it talks about how you need to like separate it and to look at your inner voice as a roommate, right? Because we all have this inner voice that's like constantly just blabbering. Sure. Right? Like, oh, it's cold. It's hot. Ew, that looks gross. Why is she doing that? Why is my kid? Like, you know, it's like always going. It's our inner bitch. Yeah. Yeah. And so it tell it kind of teaches you how to like separate that. And that really is my problem. Those thoughts that come in are like, oh, if that girl's cute, he's going to think he's going to find her attractive and like wonder why he married you or he's going to like that voice is all, that voice is what's killing me. So it talks about how like separate, separate it and pretend that voice is like, what if that was your roommate? What if that was like a legitimate person sitting next to you telling you that you'd look at them and be like, shut the hell up. Yeah. And like, it was like, give that, that's give that inner voice a name. Yeah. No, that's a great that sounds awesome. Like, fuck you, Karen. Like, stop <laughs> telling me. Come on, Karen. Fuck the program. F off, Karen. Like, stop telling me my <laughs> husband's going to, like, think that girl's cute, you know, or stop, you know. it. it so I, I'm enjoying this book, and it's kind of like I'm kind of just diving in, but it resonates with me. Um, so go look for this book. I'm sure there's, like, a million other, you know, things out there. I don't know. I'm just rambling, but. I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure there are, and we'll dive into maybe some more mental health. And if any of our listeners out there are struggling with stuff, write in. We'd love to hear. We'd love to share your story. You know, we'd love to dive more into maybe even a mini series at some point with mental health. So Britt, do you have anything else you want to say before we sign off? Oh, just, we should probably just delete this whole thing and like start over. This is great. Um, just listen, if there's, I hope no one walks away from this, like thinking I'm a lunatic. First of all, that's definitely an insecurity of mine. Uh, but second of all, if you do F you, because you probably <laughs> no, I have a few people in mind. I'm just like, ew, you know, how you know, some people are listening to this and they are just going to love that you have these struggles. Those are the people. Yeah, I, but those people have their own struggles that I know. they're keeping hidden as well. So. No, but if I think just like to anyone out there that really is just 
the pain is real. And if people don't understand this, like you don't understand it. I don't understand, you know, substance abuse. I don't understand other certain things. What I understand is the mental patterns that you get stuck in and how painful that can be sometimes. Um, Get help for it. Talk to somebody. Understand that you're not alone because sometimes I feel super alone in this. And when I have people even on social media reach out and show so much love, even just telling people we were going to do this topic, people are like showing so much love. So also call me if you have any uh, ways to get over this. (laughs) You have some coping mechanisms. Give us a call. No, um, if you don't struggle with mental health topics or you're, if you don't understand some of the things Brittany has talked about tonight, I think, I think the best thing to do is just, you know, try to love people through their struggles because I, I don't understand, um, people who struggle with, um, daily anxiety. Like I, I don't struggle with that. So I, I don't get it, but that doesn't mean that I can't be compassionate. So that's like, I think we just need to be more compassionate to those around us and those who are struggling and be more aware that there are people, you know, everyone has their personal battles. So, Oh, this is something I just thought of too. Own your shit. Yeah. And don't sit in it and make it an excuse because that's something that I feel like I don't want to do this. I don't want to feel these ways. I don't want to be a person who doesn't love myself every day. I don't want to. So it's like, I want change and I want growth and I want to be in a relationship where I can know that my husband might work with an attractive person or watch Game of Thrones where everybody's having sex with each other and I'm not malfunctioning on the couch beside him. I want to be that girl. So I need to step up and take the actions and be accountable for my shit and work on it. And I think there are a lot of people too out there that kind of just, you know, sit in it for a while. You can sit in it for a while. Yeah, absolutely. And that's okay. But like, get up and keep going. Like, that's what I want to say, because there are days where like, I don't want to keep going. Yep. And there are days where like, that feels easier. It does. It feels easier sometimes. And I'm not someone that has ever, you know, struggled suicidally or anything like that. But I will be honest, when you are in the depths of some of these thoughts, that stuff creeps in. And sometimes it just feels like that would be a relief to not have these thoughts just bombarding my head all freaking day long. Um, You know, my... I wouldn't do it. It's just even the fact that I have thoughts like that sometimes, it's... It could just be easier if you were... It's scary. Um you know, I wouldn't do it. I, I wouldn't leave my kids and my husband and I don't, wouldn't do that, but it just. But those thoughts creep in when you're they do. already mentally worn down. It's very real. So just keep going, you know, get help, whatever you need. Like, I don't know. I just start get talking it. to people, open up. Don't, don't struggle alone. You don't need to be alone in your struggles. Don't keep yeah. it to yourself. Find a friend, find a family member, find a therapist, 
confide in somebody, you know, start speaking out, letting people know that you're struggling. People can't help. People can't, you know, offer comfort or whatever. They even just a listening ear sometimes. If they don't know you're struggling, there there's nothing they can do to help either. So don't suffer yeah. alone. Well, guys, thanks for letting me share. I uh, I feel like a disaster. I got to go eat a lot of chocolates or something. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Edibles. <laughs> no, I need to go, like, binge eat. No, my feelings, no. like, <laughs> so bad. Uh, uh, all right, you guys. Until next time, let's get real. 